Hello all and welcome to the Triple H Podcast. Happy Hour Hoops, your one-stop shop for enjoying a cold beverage and listening to our ice-cold basketball takes. Jake and Dunny, as always, here today. We have some cool stuff to go over. We're going to be talking about the rookies who are impressing this year. And uh, with that, we'll probably talk about a few rookies who are also disappointing early in the season. And then we will be going over some impressive teams who may be on the come up or maybe have already surpassed that and they just got overlooked in this offseason leading into this season. We have the happy hour Hooper of the week and then my fade or follow prop bet for the people. Jake, how are we doing today? Ready to talk some hoops. We're doing great. It was uh it's been fun, fun second week of basketball. It's still pretty damn chaotic in the NBA. If the the standings still kind of look upside down, um, I'm sure we're gonna go into that as we, we're gonna talk about some of our favorite up and coming teams coming up. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's been a, it's been a good week. It's been good to get basketball back in rotation. Um, last night, got to watch one of the guys that I'm gonna talk about have a great night um and so uh, it's been an exciting couple weeks here early on for the rookies and everything else so where, where who do we want to start out with what are we going with here uh let's start with your guy off, you want to start with him yeah is evan mobley the second greatest cavalier of all time that's really what i want to know he's already you know he's <laughs> i already, think he's already there that. He's, he he's has my vote over Kyrie, so if he was uh <laughs> if Kyrie was in contention then is Kyrie out by uh is Kyrie just kind of out by default at this point too? Yeah. Like I feel like he's just like everybody he's like, yeah, you can't really count Kyrie. I don't know about that. Yo, Evan Mobley though, Evan Mobley right now, he he just looks like bet like young Anthony Davis. And that was mm. like beyond my wildest expectations. Um, defensively, I think as of Saturday, the last time I saw it, he was leading in contested shots per game in the NBA, just a force all over the court, just getting in everybody's way. You can see it when he's out there too. Um, somebody tweeted the other day, it was like, I've seen way too many guards try Devin Mobley and fail miserably this season already because they get him on the switches and they're like, Oh, like. This is seven foot dude. He's not gonna be able to do anything, and he just moves with everybody and goes with everybody. So defensively, his floor always been great. Always thought high level. Whatever. I was gonna say if they, if they watched any of his college tape, they should have known that that, that was the yeah case. exactly. Just move and contest shots. I mean, for a guy that big, that athletic, that that should be known. But now the one thing that he is showing that he can he can still do is on the offensive side of the floor. He is he can play among all these weird lineups. Like he's sitting next to Jared Allen, and yeah. it doesn't look out of place. He can hit mid range jumpers like nothing. Like it's F, like he is deadly from the out. Like it's my it's my dream if I was an NBA player. Like the only thing that I'm good at in in most pickup situations, I have a nice elbow jumper, and I feel like Evan Mobley is like my dream, my dream scenario for that. Just seven footer, and he literally will he can take that little dribble out of the post, curl around, and it's just it's automatic every time. So you you I can always, see that he has like a bag a little bit too. I, I don't. Yeah. I'm just, no, I always admire that when a big, especially a big of his size, can 
like they just have a juicy mid-range jump shot like that's it's a rarity but i feel like the guys who do perfect it at that size or those guys who do work on it at that size end up perfecting it because i mean they're so big it's not that far away from the basket for them they're basically looking at the rim eye level (laughs) some guys especially guys like mobley so once they start to develop a mid-range jump shot like that it's usually unguardable and i mean this guy's whipping it out what seven games into the season so far mobley 13.6 points per game and 7.9 rebounds a game like you said kind of already exceeding expectations and at the same time i mean not to hype up your calves too much here but i, th- I think they deserve some credit for you know they, they got a lot of heat for bringing in laurie marketing <laughs> And just the size of this lineup altogether. I mean, all their best players are like pushing seven feet. They move market into the small forward for some lineups. Mobley's yeah. been great. Jared Allen's been a beast. I mean, uh, yeah, you got to, I feel like parsh, partial reason for the early Mobley success is just, you know, kind of the jobs, the job this Cavaliers organization did this offseason and coaching and preparation for this season, get, getting their rookie ready. And I mean, this obviously yeah. was a highly scouted guy in college. Everyone knew he should be able to make the transition to the NBA fine, and his game would translate, and it's showing right now. Yeah, and uh, I don't think anybody thought the Lori Marketing deal was was a good idea. No one, no one no, was like super excited about that move. He Even, looked I don't, washed I don't, in Chicago. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, anybody, any team acquiring Lloyd Marketed, no one was gonna be too happy about it. It's not just no. the Cavs. So prefacing it with that point, but um, I do think that the Cavs knew what they were doing when they got Mobley. They they made that deal because they knew that with Mobley they would be able to be so flexible with their lineups, and that's exactly what they've been able to do. Um, and it's just a credit to credit to them for believing in a kid and putting that responsibility on his shoulders right away, but knowing that it really wasn't that much of an ask because he's just a freak athlete and, and he's only going to get better um, on the defensive side of the ball as he grows and understands the game. So just seeing where he's at already and, and what it has allowed the Cavs to do and be flexible and be pretty, I mean, they've ran a bunch of different lineups out and been competitive in every game they played so far. So been that's been good to see too um yeah so I, i'm over the moon i was i was really excited about mobley anyways but he's even surpassed those expectations as a Cavs fan and Cavs fans are they're thinking things now dunny they are they're yeah. getting excited Cavs fans are, good. a 500 start from the Cavs is a uh, it, it it brings out some some hot some memories of the last however long ago just because it's the first sign of real progress First in a while. life <laughs> it is it really is what about you what are what are some other rookies i mean we you well, did for- you, your boy you did just drop an article about your boy josh giddy on Saturday. all right so go check yeah, that out on sports so give me the josh giddy breakdown because admittedly i have not watched many moments of oklahoma city thunder basketball and your article opened me to the world of giddy a little bit more see and he's not struggling everybody thought he was going to be a no a, he was going to be washed. He was going to get worked. He's been good. He looks in place. See, that, that's why it's important to shine some light on this dude. And like Jake said, trainwrecksports.com, I have an or- article on Josh Giddy about his just unique process, I guess, of you know getting acclimated with the NBA and how he's been able to make a name for himself on and off the court. 
But that's who Giddy is. I mean, talk about a guy who is just absolutely disrespected on draft night. Like, it's one thing to show a player's weakness, and you list, like, a few things that's evident. But they literally had a weakness graphic. And this is something I explained in the article. But it's, it, it, like, if you sum up everything that was on the weakness graphic, like, it, you're, they were essentially just saying he was bad at basketball. And <laughs> I'm sure he took that as a shot. I'm sure he kept it in the back of his mind. Giddy, you know, on one of the worst teams in the league. That's just we can say that the Oklahoma City Thunder. Many don't have high expectations for them. Um, probably another tank season to cash in on another high draft pick, which they have a plethora of. But Giddy's a guy who's averaging eleven point three points per game, five point nine assists. Everyone, you know, kind of knocked him for not being able to score. He's only a playmaker. You know, he's doing it all. His shoot. People weren't sure about his shooting and. Now this is a guy who's playing great next to SGA. He's hitting big shots. You know, he's, you know, not wowing you with his scoring only 11.3, but that's pretty solid from a rookie who was catching a lot of flack coming into the season. And um, he actually, to get the Thunder's first win, he had a huge game against the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah. Um, But, but the best thing about Giddy might be his experience on, social media especially tiktok i mean that's kind of i feel like where most nba fans know him from because like you said you haven't watched much okc basketball many people probably haven't but they see josh giddy all over tiktok uh he goes viral all the time just making silly videos i mean there's a video on twitter the other day of him just like chatting up these girls right behind okc's bench like an hour after the game you know, taking pictures with them and stuff. So he's really um, – he's doing it well, you know, branding himself as a rookie and kind of – even though he was slept on in draft night, he's he other ways to get noticed. He's Australian, right? Yeah, yeah. Australians are just different, bro. I swear. Like, they just they just know how to have more fun. That man's just living his best life. Those had – I want to know – I need to know the story of him talking to those two girls, but I have no doubt that they were probably some girls from Australia that he knew and that he flew over because it was right in San Francisco. I feel like he went the full length. It was like, yo, I'm on the West Coast, like come through. Like this is, I feel like I don't doubt any limitations in Josh Giddy anymore. Um, his only limitation yeah, is the Oklahoma City. <laughs> exactly. I can't say anything. I can't say it better myself. Yeah. And just last thing, I don't, I don't know. I feel like, like, Adding in that they won against the Lakers, like their only win is against the Los Angeles Lakers. And he did almost blow the game because he was inbounding a pass at the end of that game. And they, all they had to do was inbound it and game was sealed. There was literally like seconds left. And his inbounds pass went right to Carmelo Anthony, who had a chance to tie the game because it went, it was a turnover, went right to Carmelo. Carmelo airballed the three-pointer. So, you know, they didn't win. But then Giddy, like I was saying, went right to TikTok after and was like kind of making fun of himself <laughs> and said, like, when you uh, almost blow the our first win with a bad turnover in the final second. So, like, he's just one of those guys who can laugh at himself, knows he's on a bad team, but he's going to, you know, do whatever it takes to ball out and, you know, get noticed for it. And that's exactly what he's doing. So, you know, I have no bad things to say about Giddy. I'm, I'm loving that he's proven the haters wrong and making a name for himself in the NBA. Love it. Love it. Um, I 
I think that uh, that's gonna we're gonna have to keep following the Giddy storyline all year. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna go follow him on TikTok right now. Actually, you know, I'm very bad at my TikTok usage. To be honest, as a young as a young, you're, I don't even know what I am, millennial. I'm like right in the, you know how 96, 96 yeah, is always in there, right in the middle, bro. It's literally in, it's like, so I don't know what it is, but I would say that I'm on the lower end of the of TikTok usage and following. But Josh Giddy, I think he needs to, I think he needs yeah. to get the follow at this point. I'm, you, you've sold me. If you've sold me on anything. It's that like he's got the IG and Snapchat in the bio too. Bro. I know, I know it's that dude. It's just always working. That's he's what I mean. Dude. This dude's just going. all over socials, all over the court. He's doing it right. I'm telling you, man. The Josh Giddy experience. We, we might have to do a, a Giddy check in every every like every other yeah. week or something. Just keep up with this guy. See what he's but up to. Another rookie who I was actually probably the most high on. Because I think I gave him out as a pick for rookie of the year at Dark Horse is Scotty Barnes. And this yep. dude has Yo. been absolutely balling. Like we we figured he would be a good fit in Toronto. Me and you both said that before the season and even yeah. during the preseason. But that's that's when it's like struck me that Scotty Barnes was going to be unbelievable. I saw a few of his preseason games and I was like, he just already looks like a vet. Like he's jacked. Like he this dude hates the weight room. He has all the skill because, I mean, if you watch Scotty Barnes in college, you, you knew the skill wasn't going to be an issue. He has just about everything you would want as a prospect, a first-year guy. He's averaging 18.1 points per game and nearly nine rebounds as a rookie to start. You know, wasn't a top three pick. He wasn't, you know, the Jalen Green, Cade Cunninghams of the world who are underperforming like crazy right now. Scotty Barnes goes to Toronto, and he's balling. Yeah, yeah, we were we were pretty high on Scotty. I think all through last year. I mean, I think even when we would check in on college basketball, the tournament, everything, like we were hype on Scotty Barnes. I my biggest thing is I'm just never doubting the Raptors again. I Masai, I think, is just a genius. And everybody was like I shocked think he is, dude. that the Raptors took Scotty Barnes in his position ahead of Jalen Suggs and every and whatever else. And they it's literally like, okay, now we see it. Like this kid is just gonna develop. We've seen how many players develop in this system into great NBA players and reach a potential that they probably wouldn't have reached anywhere else. I th- I don't think as much as I love OG and Obi, like he's one of my favorite players in the league. I don't think he gets to the point where he like has the potential that he has without developing under the Raptors. Like I think he would have yeah. been a guy with freak athleticism that would have gotten messed up somewhere um, that without using him the right way. They've 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 helped him develop his strengths into the point where if he you know there's he's like a couple steps away from really making a leap and being a star in this league. And I think that they looked at that kind of mold that they did with that guy, that guy and saw what they could do with him and his skills. And we're like, yo, Scotty Barnes is just a freak. <laughs> and, and the things that he can do already, like we can work with and turn into a star player. And he's just going to, I mean, man, if he develops, if he's on the stays on the trajectory, like he start the way he started, like and what you can imagine him being, the kind of the the trio of Ananobi, Van Vliet, and Scotty Barnes could be lethal in the coming years. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of like the the energy that they play with and everything. Like you you saw them in that game. We talked about it last week at the Raptors Celtics earlier in the season. Oh. And just like, yo, the energy that they play with and everything that they they just go 
they they know what they're doing on the court. They go balls to the wall. He brings like a different energy, and you were always wondering like what their uh, identity would be without Kyle Lowry there this year because he's always he's been the heart and soul of that team for so long. DeRozan before that, and they're just like no, nah, like Scotty Barnes will be fits just fine into the rap. It's Raptors culture, bro. It really is. Yeah. Scotty fits into Raptors culture. It's like it's almost like Heat culture, like hardworking, smart basketball players that are just you know they're gonna do the right things on the court, play hard, and they're you gonna know what's get crazy better too. as they're there. Is he came from Florida State, and like I feel like that's almost the equivalent in college basketball. Like I feel like those are the right. type, yeah, like those are the players that get produced from Florida State. It's just like like a Terrence Mann, like Florida State guy who was just like a dog, gets his opportunity in the NBA and flourishes. That's what Scotty's doing. And I want to go back when when I said he's he wasn't a top three pick. Of course, he was the fourth pick to the Raptors, but I was just saying like he wasn't one of those guy guys who were everyone was like, oh, Scotty Barnes coming. He wasn't in. Like, a for sure. He wasn't a right. for sure top three. Pick, I think people yeah. were even maybe a little surprised that he went forth to the Raptors. Um, yeah, I was yeah, for sure. Yeah, I just wanted to clear that. Like I, I just meant he like Jalen Green, Kate Cunningham. We had you know, expectations. They had all the hype where Scotty Barnes, honestly, maybe some people didn't even know who Scotty Barnes was, but obviously they do now. I mean, he's a beast, dude. Like he just looks so NBA ready. And I think you're right. I think the Raptors do get the best out of guys like this. I mean, the OG comparison, like, yeah, they're on the same team, but honestly, really similar situations and similar skill sets, if you ask yeah. me. Um, so, yeah, I think, geez, Scotty Barnes – I gave him as the dark horse for rookie of the year. He's definitely living up to it. right now. I think obviously super early in the season, but if season ends right now, he's gotten that award. I mean, the numbers, you just, you can't argue with that 18 and nine as, as a rookie is pretty crazy with the talent that they have on the Raptors too. I mean, they have guys exactly. who can score and rebound on that team and he is doing it, you know, at, at, at a high level, nearly yeah. better than a lot of the guys around him. So got to tip our hats to scotty barnes i was ready to bury i was ready to bury the raptors before the season and scotty barnes was just like nope like we're gonna be good for a while you guys are stuck with us and not seeing the way he's developed knowing the pieces that they have already um yeah they're, they're gonna be around and he's a big reason anybody else you want to shout out before we go on any other rookies i guess just i'm gonna butcher his last name chris durace durace duarte duarte, duarte. Yeah, it's a tough one. Usually not the U before the A. That's a that's an interesting yeah interesting right choice, but um, but he, I mean, he's balling. If we're talking about guys who are you know just putting the ball in the basket, we have to talk about yeah. him. Seventeen point eight points per game, um, kind of unique too because I you know again, Older. yeah, mid first rounder. I believe he played at Oregon, right? Yeah, and um. You know, he's just a kid who kind of had an opportunity because Karis LeVert banged up in Indiana. Um, Just, you know, not really a team with a lot of depth or or really even a true identity. I mean, we know Indiana the last couple of years, they play really hard. They like to be physical. They like to be a defensive-minded team. But outside of that and Sabonis and Brogdon, nothing like crazy with that group. Um, And then he comes into an opportunity and – like Scotty Barnes, he's flourishing, averaging yep. near, you know, just under 20 points per game, 
Uh, I feel like we got to tip our hats to a guy like that as well, who's taken, yeah. you know, mid first round, not really in the conversation on draft night. And here he is. Yeah, Duarte, Duarte was pretty NBA ready coming in. I feel like we we, mm-hmm. we were like talking about him going because he I mean he's 24 years old. He's an older player, but he's just like he was a good he's a good defender. And bro, he's shooting. I didn't know that I didn't remember this from earlier when I was looking, but looked again. 42% from three right now. I yeah. mean, the dude is just lights out. And you know that this is the league. Like, that's the league now. If you can shoot like that, you're going to have a spot to play. But he's really effective defensively, too. Just, like, slots right in on any team. Like, any team trying to win I was literally just going to say any rocket. team would love to have a guy like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's literally he's, perfect for any, any team. Um, I'll give a shout out to Alperon Sagoon too. Oh, I picked as a dark horse uh, rookie of the year. I don't think that's going to happen, but the kid has been, has been well. one of the most impressive rookies so far. I mean, Jalen Green's had a very up and down start with Houston, but Sangoon right now, he's he's only averaging nine points, only five rebounds a game, but he's getting two and a half steals. And he he's just like a, he's like crazy defensively. He's huge. Um, he'll get better offensively. I think get some post moves and everything else more refined. Yeah, bigger down there. too. Yeah, and put some size on. But I think he's got. He just looks like he knows what he's doing out there, and he'll that he'll be able to put it all together. Has a good feel for it. Um, so I think that that's interesting to watch with those two young studs down there in uh, in Houston. Um, let's go to our Tuesday night debate, Donny. Um, yes, sir. We're gonna we're gonna go into this here. So you you kick this off. There's been a lot of te- the the as we were talking about the standings are flipped upside down right now. There's a lot of teams who are outplaying our expectations or just you know just have been fun to watch so far and look like they're gonna be competent for the whole year at least. Maybe not stay at the top of the conference, but you know at least be a good team. So what is one of those up and coming teams? If you had to pick one one of these up and coming teams right now. So let's say not a uh not a team that was, you know, a playoff contender last year that you think has excited you the most, who would that be? Yeah, so we I think out of this the teams that we have in front of us here, so just for um the listeners, the list that we have is Cavs, Hornets, Bulls, Grizzlies, T-Wolves. And if I'm I think out of this list, I have to go with the Bulls just because, and they're really not an upward coming. Like they don't, they fall into that because they're new together, not really because. Yes, they are more new. Yeah. Yeah. Not because they're all that young. But like you said, like last year, this was a playing team at best. And that, you know, Zach Levine was kind of the only real true talent there as far as someone who's moving the needle. Of course, they had Patrick Williams, Colby White. Um, but now this year, you know, they bring in Vets, they bring in Lonzo, they bring in DeRozan, Vucevic, the end of last year, and they just look really, really good. And uh, uh, unfortunately, I had to watch the Celtics blow a 19-point lead to them yeah. the other night. But that allowed me to see how good this team can be, and they're resilient because, like I said, they were down 19 away at the TD Garden. They fought back. DeRozan put up 37 on the Celts, dude. He was hitting corner threes. I thought he barely even shot threes, but, he, you know, they were falling the other night. Lonzo looks great. His jump shot is so improved. And Zach Levine is just balling with the Bulls still, even though before all these moves happened, bringing in ball, bringing in DeRozan, the talk of the town was Levine's going to be on his way out. 
and you know they're, they're shopping Levine. The Bulls are going to get rid of Levine. Never happened. He's here. Ball's here. DeRozan, Vucevic. It sucks they lost Patrick Williams, which appears to be for the whole regular season. Hopes to return for the playoffs, yeah. uh, which they should be there and they should be make a deep run. They're the first seed in the East right now. Um, so yeah, I mean, out of these teams, I would have to go Bulls. Uh, I, I would love to give a shout-out to all these teams, honestly. T-Wolves, I want to see a little more from them. I mean, obviously, they have so much talent, so much young talent on that team. Uh, Hornets have been really fun to watch. And honestly, dude, your, your Cavaliers, we talked about them off-rip. But they're, they're really exciting, too. I just think out of these teams, you know, if we're taking who's the best. Um, and the Bulls technically are on a come up because they were pretty bad last year. So, yeah, I mean, I just think defensively, offensively, the firepower they have, I, I got to go with the Bulls here. Uh, yeah, and they're, you, they're, they're, they're up and coming. They're, they're, it's been, I think the Bulls and Knicks have lost the most games the last five years collectively or something like that. Organizations, they were before that game last week. I saw that stat because people were like, why are people so hyped up about it? Like, you know, people get mad on Twitter. Surprise. The casuals. Yeah, yeah whatever. It's like, and it's like, no, these dudes have been like, these teams have been downtrodden. So it's been fun to see the Bulls. I'm going. We get we touched on the Cavs. I'm obviously excited about the Cavs. It's just good to see them playing comedy basketball. But Anthony Edwards, I think, has the potential to be like the best player in the league in the next five years, more than anybody yeah. else on any of these teams. I love LaMelo, love Levine, you know, love Mobley. I think Edwards is that guy, though. And he's he's picked up where he left off last year, currently averaging 23 a game. Um, he's shooting you know, 46% from the field. So it could be, could be more efficient, but it, it, it's still pretty damn good. Um, he could got to improve the three point shot eventually, but he's such a force of nature <laughs> just, and he's just like, we've talked about before, just figuring out basketball. He's just an athlete that you can just see it clicking more and more every game. And it's really helping towns just kind of not have to carry so much of a burden all the time. And yeah. in the games that they've won, they've just looked like they're just enjoying playing together. They're playing more free. Um, I think this is a team that should be near the play play in this year. That the way if they keep playing like this, I, I really like what the T Wolves have done. Um, we talked about the Hornets a Seven lot last right week. now. Yeah, but end the season right now in Minnesota. That's <laughs> send it in right three there. and three. They'll take it. <laughs> And uh, the last team, I guess, we can touch on is the Grizzlies, and we can go into that with our happy hour Hooper of the Week because yes. it goes hand in hand. The Grizzlies, how serious are you taking the Grizzlies right now, Dunny? And is it how much of it is just because Ja Morant, our happy hour Hooper of the Week, is balling and really turning a corner um, into being one of the elite of the elite in the league? Yeah, so – I mean, as far as taking the Memphis Grizzlies seriously, that that comes with, you know, how how much you respect, how much you um, have high hopes for jo a guy like John ja Morant, who the other night, this was from October 30th, but it may, I think he's second now, but John ja Morant uh, just the other night was leading the league in points in the paint per game. And the, the guys in that category with him, John Moran himself, Anthony Davis, Giannis, Jokic, and Montrez Harrell. 
So all bigs who all dominant bigs, mind you, and then John Morant just casually leading them. No guy just guy just gets past defenders, dude, dunks on everyone he wants, lays it up past, you know, three, four, five people, throw the whole team at him. It doesn't matter. Jaw's gonna get what he wants, especially at the rack. I mean, Jaw's special, dude. I mean, he has players around them. I actually I love Steven Adams. It was a bizarre trade, you know, sending a guy like Valanciunas away when, you know, I thought him and Ja kind of had a good connection. But then you have guys like Dylan Brooks, who's really, really been solid, but kind of playing in Ja's shadow. I mean, not nearly even close to the player that Ja is, but he's a really good supporting guy that plays next to Ja and is the reason when they do win games, you know, he's he deserves a lot of credit too. Um, guy like Kyle Anderson, Jaron Jackson, who we, you know, we didn't get to see a lot of because of injuries, and now he's back. So, you know, I think I, I think it's about time we start taking the Grizzlies seriously. If Ja can keep this up, currently twenty eight point three points per game, third in the league, third in the entire Ooh. league. Ja Morant is points per game, and then, you know, everyone, if if you're saying he's too much of a score. Guess what? 7.7 assists. That's seventh in the league to go along with that. So third in points per game, seventh in assists per game. He had a 30-point overtime victory over the Warriors the other night, a 26-point victory over the Nuggets, both of those coming last week. So obviously we had to give Ja the happy hour Hooper of the week. And, yeah, well I mean, deserved, if, if, if anyone's going to well make deserved. the Grizzlies legit, it's, it's Ja doing this. Yeah, you you put it very eloquently. I don't have much more to add about Ja. It's been beautiful to watch, man. It's beautiful, and you know, what did you, what did you agree though that like he doesn't he doesn't get enough love, even though like I feel like Ja is like a great player. He's a fan favorite. Like I I still feel like we don't see enough of the Grizzlies or hear enough about Ja. I mean, I didn't know this until today until I looked it up. That he's third in points per game and seventh in assists, and he's a, yeah. You know, a young guy in his career is still figuring out the league, but at the same time, not really because he, he kind of shows out no matter who he's playing. All the love we've given to Luca and is the love that Josh should be getting. It should be the yeah. same energy. Like that kind well, of, like, yeah, kind of Luca and Trey. Like, I feel like those guys get and he's been in the play hard. and he's been in the playoffs doing, you know, battling teams too. Like Luca has the big playoff moments and the flashy triple doubles and everything like that. And that's what, that's what has gotten him by. But yeah, jaw is like, he's right there, bro. And talent wise is really hard to see another young player that you would be more excited about than, than Ja just because how, how explosive he is and you know, how much he gr- clearly grinds in the off season. Cause every year he's come back and improved exponentially. So you can tell he's, he's like putting work in and everything. Um, I, I'm, I'm very, I'm very bullish on the Grizzlies more and more just because they've got a special guy there um, yeah. who's willing to go to war with everybody else. Uh, John Morant, man, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. And you, and the funny thing is not, and the crazy thing is, is he was, you know, sandwiched in between the Duke boys, Zion and, and RJ Barrett in that draft. And you would take him number one every day of the week. And I was going to say, Sundays I was, was going to do a quick <laughs> tap of the mic here. He's better than both of them. <laughs> yeah. He's better than both of them. And it's not, it's not changing anytime soon. I will, yeah. I will open this argument for anyone out there who is listening and wants to tell me that Zion is better. And John Morant, I will tell you why is well, I, why least, can't Zion stay on the court? 
At least John's playing John, basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Why is John Morant third in the entire NBA in points per game? Even if Zion was playing, <laughs> he would not be third in the league in points per game. That is subject to change. It could. Zion could be better. But right now, John Morant is better than RJ Barrett and Zion Williamson. And I don't want to hear otherwise. I'm with it. All right. Give the people their money before as we leave here. <laughs> yeah. So last week, uh, I started this segment, like I mentioned, fade or follow for my fan player prop for you guys. Um, um, I'm handing them out here. I'm going to try to get you a win this week. Starting off 0-1-1, not what I wanted. Steph Curry assist last week. Flop. Yeah. Tonight, Cade Cunningham over nine and a half points, people. Horrible debut for Cade. I mean, Pistons, I think Pistons fans still liked it because, you know, he rebounded well. He played aggressive defense, got a few steals and a block in there. But... Horrible shooting night. Only two points in his NBA debut. Cade Cunningham against the defending champs, the Milwaukee Bucks tonight. Over nine and a half points. Lock it in. Let's let's hope I can get back to even and go one and one here. Come on, Cade. Hit some threes, bro. That's all he needs to do. Just a couple of them. You'll be good. Shooting was rough in game one. I got him on one of my fantasy teams. Want to keep him on the squad. Have faith. This is this might be his last test if he can't pass over against Milwaukee tonight. He might be getting the boot. Might be might be picking somebody off the waiver wire. Yeah, can't I? go zero and two, Cade. Come, Come on, on Cade. Keep it rolling. Yeah, we need to get back to even. If we want to get two hundred wins on fader follow like the dart, bro, we need Cade <laughs> to fucking pick it up. And also, that's gonna take a lot more time. Since this is once a week compared to every day. Yeah. But that's all right. Come on, Cade. All right. Anything else before we leave, Donnie? No, I think that'll it. Um, yeah, actually, no, I will ask everyone to please send their prayers to me and the Boston Celtics. Um, if you have any rituals or anything that can turn luck around or make a basketball team play, uh, basketball team play better, uh, please send that stuff my way because I need it for my Celtics. But that will be a topic for another day. I wish you and the Celtics the best of luck. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, I was watching that. Yeah, watching that game last night. I mean, I wasn't in, with the most vested interest against the Chicago Bulls there, but yeah, it, it just seemed like it was a, a terrible time in Boston. Um, and I don't want you to have to go through that again. But the hey, it, it can't get worse than today, right? It can't get worse than, than Marcus Smart calling out star teammates. I feel like you know, it, this is a 19 point lead in that combined. We really can't get better than that. So. Or worse than that. <laughs> Definitely can get better than that. Someone put the meme though. That I will I wanna leave you with this. Someone put the meme of the uh oh, no. of of Pam with the pictures, the office pictures, oh. and it was Ime Udoka and Doc Rivers and said corporate wants you to tell the difference between these pictures. And oh. is that the same Honestly. picture? Ime and Doc, which is that's not Celtics terrible. Doc, yeah, if we're talking Celtics Doc, then that's just people. I don't think they're talking going. Celtics Doc, though. Yeah, I think probably they, not. I think they're talking. I think they're talking. They're talking yeah, current <laughs> Doc or Clippers Doc, who just or couldn't dog. couldn't rally PG in the squad. Yeah. Well, to the haters, I say you win right now because the Celtics are doing. <laughs> Hopefully, I have a different attitude next week. I yeah, I'm hoping so too. Um, 
follow up. The, what I say to the haters is follow us at Happy Hour Hoops One on yes. all socials. Subscribe to Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Hopefully, we'll be up on the Trainwreck Sports Twitter uh, soon. I don't know what's going on there, but happy for that you could join us here on the Happy Hour Hoops accounts. We are all good to go. Next week, we're going to talk about, you know, probably some more basketball, I would assume. And we've got some college basketball coming up, though. It's so, approaching. Yeah. We'll be we back got, for that, too. And we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll check it in soon. Thanksgiving tournament's big time of the year. So mm-hmm. keep it rocking. Thank you for joining. Have a great night, everybody. See you next week.